All right, turn your Bibles, if you will. We're going to start in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. Book of Hebrews, chapter 11. And as you're turning there, a family was driving through Pennsylvania when they caught up to the back of an Amish carriage. The owner of the carriage obviously had a sense of humor because he attached this sign to the back of his carriage. It said, energy efficient vehicle. Runs on oats and grass, but caution, do not step in the exhaust. Amen. This morning I want to talk about tested character. Amen. We're all familiar with infomercials, right? Our, our TVs are just flooded with these over-promising ads, you know, just about every commercial break. And they all have, really have one common theme. They offer that quick and easy fix for our apparent needs, amen? They tell us it's our needs whether we need it or not, but that's kind of how they all go. From, from losing 20 pounds in just a week to, to cooking a, a full-course meal in 10 minutes. You know, they have the answer to everything. But these ads tell us a lot about our culture today, doesn't it? The fact that we want everything and we want it now. That's kind of the way we go, isn't it? But real life, you know, where the, the rubber hits the road, doesn't work that way, does it? Amen? Let's pick up and read in Hebrews chapter 11. Skip down to verse 30. We'll pick up in verse 30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe, when she had received the spies with peace. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and of Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith they subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness, they were made strong. They became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens, the foreigners. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were tempted, they were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts, in mountains, in dens, and in caves of the earth. And all of these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise, God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made a perfect apart from us. So we see this is the chapter 11 of the book of Hebrews. It's the great chapter of faith, the, the faith hall of fame. And, and I just wanted to kind of give a little excerpt there from that great chapter. And I really kind of wanted to, to touch on those hard and difficult times. And we think about hard and difficult times. They really call for two things. The presence of true friends and the presence of tested character. 
You know, if you've gone through that valley, if you've gone through those hardships and trials, you know the value of both of those things. Amen. True friends and tested character. But out of those two, I will always put genuine tested character first and foremost. Amen. We think about character. If you look it up in the dictionary, character is the conduct that conforms to God's standards of right and wrong. That's character. Conduct that conforms to God's standard of right and wrong. Now, we think about those two things I talked about. It's interesting how friends and character are alike, but yet they're also quite different. They're alike in the fact that they both represent truth. Amen? True friends, if they're really true friends, they're going to tell us like it is. Amen? They're not going to sugarcoat it. They're going to give us the truth, whether we want to hear it or not. Amen? But they're also different in the fact that friends speak to us, but character speaks for us. Amen? Friends speak to us, but our character speaks for us in those difficult times. Friends are vocal, character is silent. You know, when we have tested character, the ship does not sink despite the raging storm around us, amen? When we have truly tested character, no amount of pressure can ruin our lives. Now, I gave you that dictionary definition of character, But really, what is it? I want you to think about that for a second. What is character? Well, character guides us to resist the temptation to compromise our faith. Amen? That's really bottom line. Character is that, you know, that part of us that keeps us from compromising our faith. It's character. You know, this world can strip us down of everything that we own, every possession that we have. We can lose it all, but one thing this world cannot take from us is what? Our character. Amen? Our character. Character, seen this definition, um, different places. Character is what's, is doing what's right even when no one else is looking. We've heard of that before, right? But it's so true. Character is doing what's right even though, uh, even when no one else is looking. Now, I believe that we all need quiet and alone time. Amen? We all need it. We need that time alone, the, those times of sil- silence all alone, just getting rid of all the cares and the busyness of life, and just times away from everyone else, just us and our Lord. Amen? I believe we need those times. However, I also want us to understand that tested character is not built, is not developed, does not come from those times. Amen? It requires those times of hardships. 
It requires those those times in our lives when we're going through it, when we're in that valley, those times of, of trials and tribulations. It requires the pressure, the demands of life around us. It requires the demands of life, period, in order to build character. Came across a quote, a German poet. He says, talent is formed in stillness. Character in the world's torrents. I thought that was great. Any musicians? If you're a musician, then you know the importance of being alone to practice. You know, musicians will go off and and stay by themselves for hours or, or, you know, even days or weeks at a time to practice and hone their craft. That's how they develop their talent. However, loneliness and solitude... That does not cultivate character. Character, it requires life's torrents. It it requires life's downpours of trials and tribulations. Amen? So here's another little nugget about character. Character is not something that once we have it, it necessarily stays with us forever. We need to understand that. Amen? Amen? It is not one of those things, once you have it, you can never lose it. Character can be damaged, and character can be lost. You need to understand that. Amen? I've known people throughout my life with immense character. But for a number of different reasons, they failed in their time of testing. You know, we can also go into God's Word and read about several examples of this same fact. Bible uh, uh, characters and, 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 and uh, throughout the Old Testament, New Testament, of men of great faith and of great character that failed in their time of testing. We think of King David. God said, this is a man after my own heart, a man of character. And yet he failed, doesn't he? Committed adultery with Bathsheba. Committed murder with Uzziah. A man of great character. But yet he failed in one of his time of testing. And it damaged his character. Amen? Thomas Paine, he wrote, he said, Character is much easier kept than recovered. Amen? It's a great quote. Character is much easier kept than recovered. We think about the people who've influenced our lives over the years. Of all the people that influence our lives, the ones that have the greatest positive impact on us were who? The ones who had character. Amen? Just think back on your life, whether it's your you know, your, your professional life, your career, your job, or, or just life in general, those people that impacted you the most were people of character. Amen? Not talent, but character. So let's dig a little deeper into character this morning. So the first thing I want us to see is that character is only found in people. You say, Pastor, that's a little obvious, isn't it? Well, not necessarily. It's not found in inanimate things or objects that we make. 
And it's not even found in the animals that we love. Why? Because animals don't have a conscience. Amen? So without a conscience, you cannot have character. Character is found in only in those, basically, here's, here's the easiest way to remember, it's found in only those who were created in the image of God. Those are the only ones who can have character. Go all the way back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Now, what's interesting about those verses is that we will not find that statement in all of the Bible for any other part of creation, only us. That statement created in God's image is not found anywhere else in creation, only for you and I. God put his image only in us. Amen? You won't find it when he created the angels. Any other part of creation, just us. Okay, so that's important for us to remember. We can find the power of God elsewhere, but not his image. Not in the beautiful flowers. Not in that, you know, the tasty fruit that he created. Not in a sunrise or a sunset. Not even in the animal kingdom. Not in the stars or anywhere else in the universe. Only in mankind only in you and me will you find the image of Almighty God. Now, to fully understand this truth, we have to understand what does image actually mean? Created in the image of God. What does that mean? Well, the image of God means that we possess the capacities that God possesses. For example, his character can be transferred to our character, right? We hear a lot of times in church that we need to conform our will to what? God's will. That's what we're talking about. Just like our will needs to transform to, to God's will, our character also needs to be transferred to his character. Now, this is true even though our character is much smaller and much more filtered down than Almighty God. But his character can be transferred to us. Amen? We ought to develop godly character. Second uh, important point that I want us to see here this morning is that character is developed in the fire. Character is developed in the fire. Now, I hope this truth brings encouragement to those going through it, those in the middle of that trial, in the middle of that tribulation. Romans chapter 5, starting at verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. 
Now here's the important part, verse 3. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. That's a tough verse to swallow, isn't it? It's pretty hard to glory in tribulation. Let me keep reading. But we glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character. Do you see that? And character, hope. These are great words of hope when we are going through those trials and those hardships. Amen. They help us see that there is hope. We glory in tribulations knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance character, and with character comes hope. I don't know about you, but those are comforting words for when we go through it. Amen? When we see Christians suffering, we need to come back to this passage. As pastor, I get asked that all the time. Why do good people suffer? Why do Christians suffer? Why do God's people suffer? And this is where I bring people back to. We suffer for a reason. Amen? We need to be reassured that God has allowed that suffering for a purpose. We need to understand that God has a divine reason, a divine purpose for our hardships for our struggles, for that, for that pain that we endure. That purpose is the crucible. Some of you may know what a crucible is, some of you may not, but a crucible is a vessel used to melt metal under intense heat. Basically, you put metal in a crucible, you put it underneath or over top intense heat, and what happens to that metal? It melts down. Amen? It melts down. In the Old Testament, you you read about the refiner's fire. Same concept. They would put gold uh, uh, to high heat, and what would happen? That gold would melt, and all the impurities would do what? Would rise to the surface, and they would just scrape off those impurities. That's the refiner's fire. And God uses that as an example, an analogy with how he works in us. He allows us to go through those fires of life to get those impurities to come to the surface so he can scrape them away. Amen? And build our character. See, it's in those fires of life's crucible where true character, that tested character is developed. And I hope and pray that that helps us look at pain and suffering through the proper perspective. Amen? We shouldn't endure trials and tribulations with, you know, resentment and anger. And too often we see that's the response, isn't it? Resentment and anger. Why am I going through this, Lord? I don't deserve this. Instead, we need to learn. We need to lean on our Lord to help us get through. And we need to see those trials. We need to see those tribulations as opportunities 
to grow in our Lord, to go grow closer to Him. You see, it's in life's fiery trials that we develop that tested character. Turn your Bibles to the book of Job, chapter 5. Verses 6 and 7 says, For affliction does not come from the dust, nor does trouble spring from the ground. Yet man is born to trouble as the sparks fly upward. Now that word sparks literally in in the Hebrew means sons of flame. Now what flame is he talking about? Where does those sparks come from? He's talking about the flames of trouble, the flames of trial and tribulation. Because we truly are the sons and daughters of trouble. We are born into trouble. And trouble is all around us every single day, isn't it? The key is to to stop fighting it. The key is to stop resisting it. Why? Because it's never gone away. Amen? It's part of life. Why? Because of our sinful nature. Plain and simple. We are surrounded by trouble because of our sinful nature. And God will allow that trouble into our life from time to time in order to develop us, in order for us to grow in Christ, in order for us to develop our character. Now, I do want to clarify something here. Nine out of ten times, we bring trouble into our lives by the way of bad choices and bad decisions. Amen? So, first and foremost, we have to admit that right off the bat. It's our sinful choices, our bad choices, that bring trouble into our lives nine out of ten times. Now, many times, God will skirt that trouble away. We need to praise Him for those times, amen? But other times, He'll let that trouble in. Because there's something in our life that He needs to deal with. There's something in our life. He needs those impurities to rise to the surface so that he can scrape them away. Amen? So God will allow them to stay there for a purpose, for a reason, for us to grow spiritually. And when it does, we have to stop feeling sorry for ourselves. Amen? We have to stop looking to blame someone else for our hardships, for our troubles. We have to look in that spiritual mirror and say, you know what? It's probably my fault that that trouble's here, but also God has allowed it for a reason. Let me learn. Let me see what that reason is. We have to accept it and learn from it. You see, it's in that learning that we gain persistence and perseverance, and perseverance comes what? Character. And once we have that tested character, then we have hope. Amen? That is God's formula. Now, let me pause here for just a second to acknowledge that, you know, some of you here today may be going through it. Amen? Maybe it's beyond words. 
which you're enduring. Maybe it's in your health. Maybe it's in your marriage or in some type of family relationship. Maybe it's in your finances. Maybe it's in your, in your career at work. And maybe it's a loss that seems just absolutely irreplaceable. And in that trial, in that hardship, maybe some of you have slipped into a place of complete loneliness. We've all been there, right? We've all been in that place. But I want to offer some tender caution. Don't let pity or the blame game ruin your days. Amen. Turn to and look unto the Lord. Let him build you up. Let him strengthen your perseverance and strengthen your character. Hebrews chapter 5. Verse 8, though he was a son, talking about Christ, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Did you catch that? Even though he was a son, he is the son of God, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. We need to understand that Jesus, before his incarnation, before he took on human flesh, Jesus did not know physical suffering. Did you ever think about that? He never endured physical suffering before he took on human flesh, before his incarnation. He was born into it just like you and I. But he also endured more pain and suffering than you and I will ever endure. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 2. For he, talking about Christ, shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. How many have seen a lot of artwork of Christ out there, right? Most of it have, has Jesus as a very good-looking man, right? What does this verse tell us about him? He wasn't. Amen? And I believe that was for a reason, so people would not be attracted to him just because of his looks. Simply because who he was and what he said. He had no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there was no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Going back one chapter to Isaiah 52, 
verse 14. Many people skip over this first. Just as many were astonished at you, so his visage was marred more than any other man, and his form more than the sons of men. That means that Jesus took a beating that none of us will ever or has ever, or will ever have to endure. His appearance, he was beaten so bad, the Bible tells us that his visage, his image, was marred more than any other man. And that brings me to this question. Why do we exalt suffering in Jesus' life, but we resist it in our own life? Amen? That's the heart of this message. Our flesh, it tells us to resist it at almost any cost, doesn't it? Our flesh does not want any pain whatsoever. Our flesh doesn't want any hardship. It doesn't want any trials. And yet we exalt it in Christ's life and we try to run from it in ours. But it's God's tender voice that tells us, allow me to build you up through it. Allow me to strengthen your character. Amen? I want to end with a reading I came across years ago. It's called, The Struggle is Good. A little boy caught a caterpillar and got a large jar from his mother and put plants in it to eat and a stick to climb on. And every day he watched a, cow, a caterpillar and brought it new plants to eat. One day the caterpillar climbed up the stick and started acting strangely. The boy worriedly called his mother who came and understood that the caterpillar was creating a cocoon. The mother, mother explained to the boy how the caterpillar was going to go through a metamorphosis and become a butterfly. The little, boy, the little boy was thrilled to hear about the changes his caterpillar was about to go through. He watched it every day, waiting for that beautiful butterfly to emerge. And one day it happened. A small hole appeared in the cocoon, and the butterfly started to struggle to come out. At first, the boy was excited, but soon he became concerned. The butterfly was struggling so hard to get out. It looked like it couldn't break free. It looked desperate. It looked like it was making no progress. So the little boy was so concerned he decided to help. So he went and got some scissors, and he snipped the cocoon to make a hole, the hole bigger, and the butterfly quickly emerged. As the butterfly came out, the boy was surprised. It had a swollen body and very small, shriveled wings. He continued to watch the butterfly, expecting at any moment that the wings would dry out and they would enlarge enough to support the swollen body. He knew that in time, the body would shrink and the butterfly's wings would expand. But neither happened. The butterfly spent the rest of its life crawling around with a swollen body and shriveled wings. It was never able to fly.
And the question is why? It's because the butterfly was supposed to struggle. In fact, the butterfly struggled to push its way through the tiny opening of the cocoon. That's how the fluid pushes out of its body and into its wings. Without the struggle, the butterfly would never, ever fly. You see, it's in life struggles that we grow wings of character. Amen? That help us fly through life's trials and tribulations. I hope and pray that this offers some encouragement to you in your time of trial, in your time of struggles, in your pain and in your suffering. Just know that as a child of God, that God has allowed it for a reason. And also know that you're never going through it alone. Amen. Just like three went into the fire, but four ended up in the middle. Amen. We never go through it alone. God is with us every step of the way. But he has a purpose for that struggle. He has a purpose for that trial. And we have to stop trying to resist it and just accept it. Lean on our Lord to get through it and allow him to work in us and see that hope on the other side. Amen.